you're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to do ministry and serving with you guys. It's been an honor. Um, can you say this with me? Say, on to the next five. We're all about moving. That's our vision. Move on to the next five. Better moves, better five, bigger five, grow in five. As Bradford says, we're putting away childish things and going to the next level because the New Testament it said you should have been teachers by now, but you're drinking milk. We're not drinking milk. We're moving. And um, so on to the next five. Here we go. You ever, um, you ever uh, been, have you ever felt really dirty in a bathroom stall? And you're in your, and I don't mean because it's a bathroom stall at Walmart. I don't mean that. I mean, like you feel dirty because you read the writing on the wall and you're like, you're like, how do people have this nasty of thoughts at, at all, let alone in a bathroom stall? Anybody ever feel guilty reading it? Come on, be honest. Don't act like you don't use public restrooms. Don't do it. You do. Don't, you got to do it. You got to do what you got to do. You ever feel that way? Like, Pete, you see the ugliness of humanity, right? And I'm not even talking about the people who are like extra out there and put some nasty stuff that you get to see how ugly the world can be. I'm talking about the people who just waste their time and put so-and-so was here. (laughs) Hypothetical. Stuart wasted his time uh, taking care of business in a bathroom song, put Stuart was here. If there's anybody named Stuart in here online, I didn't know that. I'm glad you're here. I'm sure you're a lot more awesome of a Stuart than this one. He'll be awesome one day when he quits wasting his time. But Stuart was here for the next decade. There are people that everybody that uses that stall gets to be reminded that Stuart was there. Growing up, we went on this vacation spot uh, with, with family. My cousin's aunt's, it was called the Mackie Cottage. It was this old cabin in Panama City, Bay Area. And it was crazy. I was intrigued because I'm one of those weird guys that I love walking through graveyards and, and, and imagining what these people's story look like. So I am, deal with it or don't. Um, but like I go to Mackie Cottage and, and like in the walls, there's these, there's these writings from the 40s of these kids that was like, Stuart was here because Stuart is timeless, eternal, never dies, right? Stuart was here and it's in the 1940s except now it's the early 90s and you get to be reminded that Stuart was here in the 1940s, man. In the Old Testament, they set up monuments. They set up pillars. When, when God was in a season, when he showed up and the season was traumatic and tough and long because let's face it, people say the storm won't last long. Sometimes it lasts a long time. That's not in the Bible. It lasts a long time sometimes. But uh, in, in Israel would set up monuments because it was important for them and it should be us to be able to look back and remember that God was there and what he did. Because when you're able to look back in your life, when healing, here's healing, no matter what you've been through, when you're able to look back and you're able to see, no matter how bad or good it was, you're able to see that God was there. No matter how traumatic, because when you're able to see the hand and heart of God in your history, it's a lot easier to trust that he can do it again. Just like the song we just sang, I believe you moved, I've seen you move, you moved the mountains. And because of that, I believe I'll see you do it again. When you're able to look back, feel it, process, see it, and see that God's heart and hand was in it all, you're able to truly find healing. And Israel didn't just set up those monuments for them to remember. They wanted future generations to remember it. 
Look at me. I'm going to eyeball all of you. You ready? Because this is how we're starting out years. This is how we're working the next five. Look at me. I'm going to eyeball you online. Hey, I don't see you. I'm just acting like I do. Because I ain't ain't trying to get lawsuits up in this mug. Your history doesn't have to keep hurting you. It's simple today. I'm not preaching anything complicated. but But it's not about understanding it here. It's about receiving it right here. Your history doesn't have to keep hurting you. Period. We're starting, out year, we're starting out year six right now. Your history doesn't have to keep hurting you. And I want you to say this with me. Say this. Say, Jesus was here. Jesus was here. Online, drop it in a comment. Jesus was here. When you begin to realize and, and receive this for what it is, it'll change your life. You'll begin to live like that. You'll begin to lose like that. You'll begin to win like that. You'll begin to rebuild and rebound and restore your life like that. You'll look at people that don't like you and don't, don't believe in you like that. Whatever you need to do in life, you will do it like that when you truly see that God, that Jesus was here in your history. He was there. Matter of fact, what that means is Jesus was there. Matter of fact, look behind you right now. Be rude and point at somebody behind you. Just go. You know, your grandmama used to say, that's just so rude. Be rude. Jesus was there, y'all. I'm telling you, listen to me. I'm speaking to the worst of the worst and the best of the best in your life. Jesus was there. This changed the game for me. It's got me through. It continues to get me through. It's what healed me. It's what continues to heal me is this. I am grateful for every single thing behind me. And I mean it. I'm grateful for my parents and who they were and who they are. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all my childhood, the good, the bad, the ugly, the heartbreaking, the mountaintops. I'm grateful for every person, every relationship, every season because it had its place. They had its place. I am grateful. And I don't just preach that to you to pump you up. I believe it because healing is found right there when you see he was there. He was right here the last however many years since 2018. I don't do numbers well that we've been here. He was here. Sometimes we weren't here in present, but he was here. He was there. I'm telling you people, I, t- I tell people all the time, I just, I, I crossed a line in my life. I'm not afraid of people. And, and, and it's not because I'm a bad butt, because I'm not. Anything but. Matter of fact, if my mouth can't talk me out of it, my back ain't going to win it. But I'm still not afraid of people. And the reason that is, you're, you got a bad back too, Randall. Be quiet. You're my daddy's age. Hush. I still got you. You do. We go down together, you know. Bradford will do it too. Bradford will get us in a fight. We're going to lose. Trust me, I tell stories, but I'm going to save them for another day. No. Most days. On a bad day, no. Where was I at, Randall? You get me distracted. I'm grateful, y'all. The reason that I am, I'm not afraid of people, I'm not intimidated, I'm not scared, I'm not scarred by people is because I'm thankful for them. Because every person, every season, every relationship, I'm saying every, I'm talking to those of you that you've been abused by somebody, you've been hurt. I can look at people that, that receive from me, love me, don't receive from me, were close to me, are close to me, will never be close to me, don't like me, hate me, hurt me, 
and everything in between in my heart is I am thankful because if that relationship happened, it had its place. The season had its place. And the reason I can see that, the reason I can speak that in your life is because I believe with all my heart that he was there. Some of you, you haven't let go of what people did to you. You've been through sexual abuse. I don't know what it is. And if your kids are in here and they hear me, that's why we have uh, kids over there. Because I can't t- promise you I'm going to be PG any day, but definitely not today. But I'm going to tell you, he was there and it changed the game to know that he was there for me. It changes the game when I make some mistakes. I am grateful. Listen to me. You, me, this church wouldn't be who we are or where we are. You wouldn't have the potential to grow to where you're going to grow to without all of it. All of it. All of it. All of it. Say it with me. Say, Jesus was here. He was in your life. The battles that you didn't understand and the blessings that you didn't deserve, he was there. And you may, that may insult you and offend you, but until you're able to see it for what it is, you won't really have the peace and healing that God wants for you. You won't be able to hear Bradford say he is good because you don't feel good because you haven't received him that way. And if he was there, that means he'll be there. Every mistake, every moment, every mountaintop, every valley, when people don't make sense, when life don't make sense, when you don't make sense, he'll be there. And it also means he's right here, right now. He is not ashamed of your situation. He is not scared of your situation. And he is not shocked or surprised by it. You may be. He's not. And I'm telling you, this seems so simple. Like what me and you usually do, go a little bit deeper. This is as deep as it gets. It's hard to receive. He was there. And if you'll begin to see your your past differently, you'll begin to experience your future differently. I'm going to say that again because that's the goal of this message. If you'll begin to see your past differently, you will begin to experience your future differently. And that's my heart today. Lord, I just pray that you will help me speak concisely and clearly to every person's pain, what they're believing for, their scars, their trauma, their anxiety, whatever people have been. Lord, help me speak to it. Lord, help people see your heart and your, and your plans and your hope and their history. Because when you've lived long enough to build some history, you've got some hurt in there. And Lord, we need to see it the way you see it, that you were there. Say that with me, Catalyst, and online say it. Say, Jesus was in Jesus name amen before I go into scripture I want us to say this from time to time say I want to be challenged today I want to be challenged I've challenged myself in the scripture I really I want to I want to I want to continue to grow to the day I die I want to grow Genesis chapter 28 I'm going to take you towards the beginning of the scripture and one of the founding uh, people that honestly Jacob's name was eventually turned to Israel That's where the nation of Israel was named for Jacob. This is towards the beginning of his life, Genesis 28. It says, Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped here, there for the night. Right here, wherever you are, it's a good place to be. He stopped at a good place. He started breathing at a good place. What happened with Jacob is Jacob was a manipulator. Jacob spent his life playing the game. He was good at undermining. He was good at getting his way. And honestly, for the most part, he got his way. 
Um, he was able to uh, steal his brother's, his older brother Esau's blessing. He was able to get his father's blessing, but here's the deal. It cost him because he burned a bridge with his big brother. And he had to leave home because it was no longer safe for him. And he left home and he was traveling right here back to his mom and dad, Isaac and Rebecca's homeland to live with his uncle Laban because he made some poor decisions. What he wanted to do wasn't what he did. What he wanted to happen wasn't what happened. Same for, it was, it was what it was. It's where Jacob was. It's where many of you are. If you're not, you will be one day and you probably were yesterday. It's our story. And Jacob was all alone in a bad place that his bad decisions left him. Had nobody's on this journey. We're talking traveling by, by, just by himself. And he's alone and he's struggling because he knows what he did and he knows what happened and he's having to figure things out. He's having to begin to see his history for what it is and try to reinterpret it and redefine it. And by the way, let me tell you this. If you don't redefine your history, it will keep defining you. If you don't redefine it, it will keep defining you. If you don't begin to reinterpret what you've been through, it will continue to control your entire life. And Jacob was in that situation and it said this was a good place to stop. Let's pick back up. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham. Remember this for later. I'm the God of your father Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. In the New Testament, Paul tells us that everything is yours. That it belongs to God, but he's given it to you. God was saying, Jacob, you're alone, but I've given this land to you. You've got something. I'm giving it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, the west and the east, uh, to the north and, and to the south, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through your descendants. That's the goal for your life. God doesn't just want to bless you for you. He wants to bless you to overflow where you're able to give other people hope. It's nothing's changed. What's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. Check this out right here because this is our story. One day, I will bring you back to this land. I will bring you back. The Old Testament, when God tells Israel, I have a good land, I'm leading you into the land I promised you. You have a land. You have a position, you have a promise, you have a calling, and you were not too far gone for a comeback. You were not too far too old and too in debt to for God to restore, redeem, and build something different and bigger with your life. God was isolating Jacob. He was isolating Jacob. He was all alone, a position that Jacob put himself in, and God tells Jacob, look, I am bringing you back to the land you're on. You are going to make a comeback. Nothing has changed from Genesis to Revelation. This is our story. If you'll begin to read the Bible for what it is, it'll be what it's supposed to be. God says, I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I promised you. Man, things may have not happened like you planned, but it does not mean it cannot still happen the way he promised. Tragedy, divorce, toxic relationships, abuse, and you may be the perpetrator. Still nothing's changed. Still nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. This in the Old Testament is many times called Jacob's ladder. 
Because what he saw, it was a vision. It was really more of a dream. It was a vision. That's why it was so strong. We'll see how he responded later. It's a ladder going from heaven to earth. In that time period, they thought God was distant. This vision is God coming down. It is an experience. Jacob felt that in his culture was God is with me, and God was speaking that. He was telling Jacob, I care about you. I'm close to you. I'm invested in you. I am interested in you. I am active. You may not feel me. You may feel like you're alone in this desert, but I may reside in heaven. I may have eternal plans, but I am right here with you. Hey, What did Jesus do? Emmanuel, God with us. God is speaking to Jacob years before and saying, I'm right here in this desert with you, big boy. I'm still here. You made some bad decisions. He's going to continue to make some. I'll tell you that later. But I'm telling you, he says, I am with you. I care. Fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus references it, right? Jesus was here. He references this story in John 1. He says this. Jesus said, you will see all heaven Open and the angels of God going up and down the son of, on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Jesus, everybody Jesus was talking to knew that he was referencing the story in Jacob's experience with God. And he was saying, hey, what God told Jacob is what I am for you. I care about you. I'm close to you. I'm invested in you. I'm active in your life, whether you feel it or not, whether other people uh, are, are letting you feel it or not. I am here. I got you. The scripture says that God is an ever-present help in times of trouble. The Bible says that um, he is near and close to the brokenhearted. Jesus was telling everybody, man, that ladder, that stairway, I am that strength for you when you need strength. Single mamas, he's that strength. I know I got some single mamas online that have trouble getting to church consistently and you miss it and you love it and you get here when you can't listen to me. He's that strength for you. Jesus was saying, I am that experience that Jacob had. I am that strength for you. I am that. You've been divorced three times and you're not even 30. I am healing for you. Widowed, widower, I am healing. Bankrupt, struck out, trying to start over, pushing everybody away. I'm the healing in your marriage. He says, I am your, I am your advocate. I am for you. I am here for you. They knew in Jesus' day that he was saying, you remember, I was there for Jacob and I'm here right now. They understood it because they weren't American. They were Eastern. Jesus said, I got you. They betrayed you. They left you. You're a single dad, single mom. I'm here. What I was for Jacob, I'm that for you. Say it with me. Say Jesus was here. That is what it was. That's the truth. You got to make it your truth, but it's the truth, man. He was here. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. The Bible says that God doesn't sleep or slumber. That this light affliction, which Paul said this before, and he was, he was beheaded and tortured before he was beheaded. He said, this light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh in me a far more exciting way to glory. The scripture says that for your former shame, you will have double honor. I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times in my teenage years and adult years, I would quote this verse in tears. And I believed it, and I still believe it. When Isaiah said, for your former shame, you will have double honor. And for your former disgrace, you will have double in the land. You will rejoice in your inheritance and everlasting joy will be yours. 
Nothing's changed. He loved Jacob. He loves you. Jacob was a player. You're a player. We all are a little crazy, but God is close. He cares. He's invested, and he kept saying it from Genesis to Revelation. He was here, which means he's right here. Say that with me. Say Jesus is here. He loves you. You may not know where to begin to even heal. You may not even know how to quit bringing hell on yourself because you set yourself up for the relationships you get. You set yourself up for the bad financial situation here and you don't even know how to make good decisions to get your way out. He's here. You can grow up because he loves you and you got something worth growing up for. Check this out, Jacob's response because this is where I really get encouraged. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I wasn't even aware of it. Connor always talks about in worship, we got to be aware of his presence. Jacob said he was right there with me. I wasn't even aware of it. He's right in front of you. You know how many times you're blinded to your family, the blessing that God has given you because you're so stressed out about what somebody did or what you need to, the bills you need to pay. And you are totally, I'm telling you, I've been guilty of it. Sometimes I've been projected on the family that God's like, this is your peace. Jacob said, I wasn't even aware. He was right here with me. I wasn't alone. I just wasn't aware. But he also, but he was also afraid. God making you a promise, you're still in the desert. You got to get to stepping. Because it's still on you to move. He was afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Jacob didn't see the big picture. The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took a stone. Somebody say, Stuart was here. He took the stone and he had rested his, that he had rested his head against and he set it up as a, rem, a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil, olive oil on it. This was, his, this was his steward was here moment. I'm gonna remember, I'm not gonna forget this day, this experience. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God. Also, it was, the city was called Luz. Bethel, second most popular city in the entire Bible is Bethel, Jerusalem's first. Bethel, house of God. We know in the New Testament that we're the house of God. Solomon in the Old Testament said, this temple that we built can't hold him. The world can't hold him. Jacob said, this is the name of the city. He changed, this is an experience. He changed the name of a city. He set up a pillar. He never wanted to forget what happened in this moment because he had a true experience. Not heard about it, experienced it. Then Jacob made a vow. This is a stupid vow. This is where we see that he was as human as us. If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey and he will provide me with food and clothing, if he will do his part, I will do mine. And if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And if the memorial pillar I have set up will become a place of worship in God, I will present God a tenth of my everything God gives me. I'll tithe if you show up. I'll be faithful if you really do what you just showed up when I was a broken man who put myself in a bad position and you love me enough to show up and what's the first thing Jacob does he starts bargaining we do it all the time but I want you to see this Jacob experienced God he had a sincere genuine experience see because up to this point Jacob had only heard about God through his father and grandfather heard about their testimonies heard about their glory and the history of his family he never really experienced it he just heard them talk about it a lot of you are in that place. 
You love God, you show up to church, you want to experience him, you believe, want to believe, don't believe, don't want to believe, I don't know, but you really haven't experienced him. You've just heard about everybody else's testimonies. You've sat on the sideline and watched what God does in everybody else's life. You watch God heal their marriages. You've watched God grow their income from they've come out of debt. You've watched God bring wholeness in their life, but you truly have just been on the outside. You've listened to the preachers preach, and even me, you sat up here and man, can I do that? That's where Jacob was before this experience at Bethel. He had only heard about it. Oh, he had some great stories, man. So have you. Well, you celebrated everybody else's testimonies and victories and, oh man, God is, God is good and you're speaking to he's good to their situations, but you really haven't experienced it. Jacob was right there with you. Right there with you. But that day in the desert all alone, because sometimes God isolates you to get your attention and we'll talk about that in a few weeks, Jacob experienced God. There was no more hearing about him. He, he experienced it. He found him. See, we live in a culture where we got too much information. Hey, I got my education. I'm all for learning. But we, for the, for the first time, or worse than ever, it's probably been a while, we have, we have all the information we need. TMI everywhere. And I'm not talking about jokes. I'm talking about, we don't even have to lie. You don't even have to lie to somebody anymore. You just give them so much information, they lose themselves and lose, lose, their, lose everything in the details. What you've been doing the last two years on social media. Not what you've been engaging, doing your little research. How many people, I'm a researcher. You need to stop researching for a minute. You think you got cancer. You got a dang mosquito bite because you've been on Google for 17 hours looking at every reliable. For real? TMI, man. We got all the information. Jacob had all the information he needed. Daddy and granddaddy were testimonies. They went from nothing to something. Them jokers earned all their money because God, because God blessed them. He had all the information he needed. We live in a world now where you are manipulated by information. You will live and die by unnecessary secondary information things that are maybe important but not really that important you will burn bridges with somebody over information and you don't even you just you've just gotten the re i mean that's what we do we live in a culture we have too much information which is why there are good people living good lives and you feel ungrateful but really in your heart you're like is there more can't tell you how many people i've counseled Got a good life. God has done great things for them. Got a good family. And they're in the counseling office bawling, feeling ungrateful because they're like, is there more? Is this all there is? Because you got all the information you need. Matter of fact, you got so much you're lost in it. Like you'll perm bridges over who somebody votes for. The decisions they make in their own life and their own businesses. It's not in your business. But what we do is we get lost in the details because we got all the information we need. What you need is a genuine experience that transcends everything else. I heard Teddy Jakes years ago say that if you, won't, if you don't have something worth dying for, you really ain't living. We all hunger for it. We got all the information. We got all the intelligence. You got, every, you got the world at your fingertips. But we hunger for an experience. That's why you've seen worship happen a lot more intimately and why I force you to praise and to worship and to get out because we need an experience. We got all the information we need. We got too much information. Jacob up to this point only had information. That's all he had. That's all he had. This experience changed him. 
chapter 28, God says, I will be with you, what we just read in chapter 31. In chapter 31, check this out, because he experienced it. Uh, God says, I will be with you. 28, he says, I'm with you. Chapter 31, he says, I will be with you. And Jacob's response is this. The God of my fathers has been with me. He began to see it for what it was. He began to see it for what he was. But let me tell you, he was not a perfect man even at this moment because you don't have to be perfect because you can't be perfect or anywhere close to experience him. He was not perfect. Jacob, when you look at it, had a toxic ego and pride. And it didn't get cured. There is no magic bullet or magic pill, silver bullet. There is no quick fixes. Jacob would get to his uncle's house like God promised. And Jacob would keep willing and dealing because all he knew how to do up to that point was manipulate. And it took him a while to grow. It took him a long while. Matter of fact, he would learn a lot of lessons the hard way at his uncle Laban's house. But God would be patient with him. God would really work with him. God would be gracious. Jacob... He would be with Jacob in, and Jacob would grow. And he would be with Jacob in every mistake. He would be in Jake, with Jacob in every mess. And make no mistake about it, Jacob lived a long, hard life after this because life is raw. That's why I wanted the bill of us to be a raw church. Life's raw. Right. God would be with Jacob when he lost his first, when he lost the love of his life, Rachel giving birth to their last son. God would be with Jacob, when his son Joseph was sold into slavery for 13 years and Jacob thought he was dead and lost 13 years with his baby boy. God would be with Jacob when Dina, his daughter, was raped by a bunch of men. He was with him in every moment. You know how I know that? Because in chapter 48, Jacob received it and Jacob said this. In chapter 48, he says to his kids on his deathbed, on his deathbed, he tells them, it's in the scripture, he says, he told his kids, God will be with you. That was an experience. Man went through hell, made a ton of mistakes. He grew out of it and he, he wrestled God and was left with, there's so many stories about Jacob. Jacob continued to grow. He was stubborn. It took a long time like it does with you because you were a diva. I know because I are one. But God changed that man's heart and the experience started at Bethel. And he told his kids, he said, kids, I want you to remember. Remember. Because when you're able to look at your history and know, man, daddy's right. God was with me. He will be with me. When you're able to look at your history and your future and you're able to redefine it, you will know he's right here in this moment. He will never leave you nor forsake you, the scripture says. When I look at the history of Catalyst Church, five years a couple months ago, I just started praying. I got up early one morning. I was just like, God, I was just kind of thinking towards this day. God, what is it? Five years, man. What, what? Three words came to me. Jesus was here. That's why I thought about our history, five years. We have experienced things some churches never experience. Victories. We've seen growth that some churches never see. We've had mountaintops some churches never see. We've also had all the heartbreak to go with those victories. 
the last five years, I have learned so much. Like the reason I'm excited about the future is because I have learned so much because he was there, he'll be there, and he's right here. And that is the gospel and it is good news, but do you make it your news? Or is it just information? Because information won't change your life. Revelation changes your life. I have, I have started looking back on our history when I felt that, man. I've been the, I have had some of the highest mountaintops of my entire life the last five years. I've, without a doubt, some of the greatest moments of my life have been in the last five years. I faced some of the most difficult decisions and I had to face them privately in the last five years. I've, had, I've, I've learned a lot, cried a lot, belly cried a lot, read scripture a lot, had to, had to pray, God, what are you gonna do? Because when you experience victory, you also experience more stress because when your front yard gets bigger, you gotta mow more grass. Think about our history. I just began to pray. I've, I have preached up here. I have preached up here with a bladder tumor for months, cancerous bladder tumor. I had no idea what was going on. I remember in moments like painful tears, not good tears like now, saying, God, I'm going to face plant. Make me make sense and get out of here. And I didn't even know what was going on for like three months. I preached in withdrawals, coming off medications for my Tourette's and had to preach in major withdrawals and go out the back of our old location and throw up dry heat because for three months, I preach with, sometimes I tell people, that the camera people don't like me on the Sundays, I break ankles because I move fast. But there's some, there some Sundays I have to pace myself because the back spasms I can't even handle. I look back at our history and I think about that. I think about all God has done. We started a church five years ago, which means two of those five years are in the most crazy, unpredictable time that we have ever lived through. Churches and businesses are shutting down. And we are adding people. We are growing. That's right. I, I, yes, I faced some of the most impossible. We have faced some of the most impossible situations. We have been through things. We have grown through things. Five years. And we're not just standing. Right. We're not just still standing. Right. We're healthy. We're doing what the church is supposed to be doing. We're our culture is strong. What God is doing, the presence of God is strong and the people are genuine. Our family is sincerely and passionately worshiping the Lord five years in. Do you know why that is, Catalyst? It's not, it's, Jesus said, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. The reason for all of that is Jesus was here. You want to look at me? I shouldn't be up here right now. My diagnoses, my disabilities, all those things, I shouldn't. But Jesus was and is here. And it's not just true for me. You cannot curse what God has blessed. It's time for you to start living and experiencing the blessing that God has put on your life. I don't care if you're 90 or 9. It's never too late and never too soon to start experiencing him and seeking him until you do. That's how you interpret your history. Jesus was here. Jacob began to experience him and redefine his history. And the man changed the game and God changed his name to Israel. And he was not a perfect man. 
our past birthdays. Our past birthdays, um, we've always done something kind of fun and shake things up. Last year, I rapped. If you want a video, all my Nukata fam will figure out a way to send it to you. I was in my Bel Air jersey because, yes, that's my age. Fresh Prince, Will Smith is funnier than all y'all's lame young people. Kevin Hart's amazing, too. Don't get me wrong, but he's old, too. He's just still relevant. Well, Will is, too. Just Fresh Prince is timeless. We had an 80s party two years ago. Man, that was fun. You probably saw some pictures. They banded an 80s medley. It was all good. Not this year. Not this year. We did it. We'll, we'll do it again, I'm sure. We'll have some awesome moments. We'll probably this year do some regular songs and shake it up. We got an incredible band. Why not utilize them? Not this year. Not this year. We're going to change it up. We're going to set the tone for the next five years. Because this year, the last year of my life, God has really brought me back to my knees to remind me of what matters. To remind me of why we're here. January 8, 2017, we started Catalyst. You saw that picture. I've learned a lot and we're going, God had to the last year remind me. And these are the words he really put on my heart. And we had, I had to reel this thing back in my own life. Not just, I can't, I can't lead anybody till I lead myself. Nothing's changed. And that may not mean much to you, but it does for me. Because my memories as a child start with his presence. There were moments in my childhood where, moments in my childhood where I don't think I would have made it through seasons without his presence. I remember uh, just praying and experiencing him at such a young age. And in this last year with everything that, you know, having to face with the world we live in, the transition the church has been in, it's like God just took the rug out from under me to say, hey, boy, you better remember what worked. I worked. Why you're here. Why I'm here. Nothing's changed. You know why I worship right here? It ain't because I'm the pastor of this church. It's because I know what happens when you focus, when you do what the Bible says, you seek him with all your heart and you'll find him when you do that. I don't worship here because I'm trying to pretend because I'm a lead pastor and that's what I'm supposed to do, man. There were seasons of my life where I was at the altar every week. They opened it up. It never got old because I needed him. I still need him. You still need him. I want him. I'm desperate for him. And God had to remind me because over those years of a lot of growth, I got busy and I still invested in him. I still, but I didn't do it as desperately as I should have. And God will put you in the middle of a desert alone. Don't know the details that'll get you there, but he will to remind you. He was there, he's there, and he's right here. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at IamCatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.
Jesus cares about you. We care about you. And we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.